بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله ثم الحمد لله begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and for expressing our gratitude unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for gathering us again on the blessed day of Al-Jumu'ah and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept our worship on this day and to forgive our sins as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he mentioned in a hadith that from one, one Jumu'ah to the next the sins of the believers are, are expiated or they are wiped out and this is of course excluding our major sins. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. And then we begin by sending praises and blessings and mercy upon our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we are of course encouraged to increase in our salah and salam upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Especially on the day of Jumu'ah. Especially on the day of Al-Jumu'ah. And we know that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Man salla alayya salatan, sallallahu alayhi biha ashra, whoever sends one salah upon me, then Allah sends ten upon him. Whoever says one sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, or one statement of Allahumma salli ala Muhammad, Allah sends ten upon him. And this is a dua that we are making for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when we say, may Allah send salah upon him. Like may Allah bless him, may Allah raise his rank, may Allah mention him in the highest parts of Jannah to the angels on high. Or it means may Allah send special mercy upon the Prophet But when we say one statement like this, Allah sends ten upon us. Allah sends ten upon us. So this is for any time. Any time during the day, during the year, during the night, we say Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. And it's one of the most powerful ways of remembering Allah and the most best of adhkar. But the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also said, Akthiru, increase in your salah upon me on the day and the night of Al-Jumu'ah. On the day and the night of Al-Jumu'ah. So this is from the etiquettes of Jumu'ah. From the sunan of Jumu'ah is that we're supposed to do more salawat, more you know, remembrance of the message of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is from the, su- the sunnah of Jumu'ah. So let us increase by upholding the sunnah. And that is on a Thursday night, which is the night of Jumu'ah. And during the day, we send extra salah upon our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In a hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, ummul quran, وَأُمُّ الْكِتَابِ وَالسَّبْعُ الْمَثَانِي وَالْقُرْآنُ الْعَظِيمِ That Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, which is referring to Surah Al-Fatiha. He said it is Ummul Al-Qur'an. It's the mother of the Qur'an. And it's the mother of this book. And it is the seven repeated verses. Because the Fatiha is seven ayat, seven verses of the glorious Qur'an. Of the noble Quran. And Allah Azza wa Jal also mentioned a part of this in the Quran where He said, 
سَبْعًا مِنَ الْمَثَانِ That indeed we have bestowed or sent down upon you of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the seven mathani which means the seven repeated, oft repeated ayat. Oft repeated verses. And this surah is one of the surahs that every believer, he grows up learning. Every child, there's one surah that they know, it's surah Fatiha. Because it's the oft recited verses. And it's the verses that they're always hearing. They hear their prayers in the masjid, they hear it from their parents, Praying at home, their siblings praying at home, and you will find the children pick up the surah, Walhamdulillah. And this is a favor from the favors of Allah, who subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because this surah, this surah is the greatest surah in the entire Quran. The most powerful part of the book of Allah is the Fatiha. The greatest chapter is not Surah Baqarah which has great virtues attached to it. But it's the Fatiha. It's the chapter that we all know. It is the most powerful surah. And it's the greatest surah. And this is why Allah chose to start His book with the surah. And the surah has many names. Like the mother of the book, the mother of the Quran, the seven repeated verses, which we've mentioned from this hadith. It's also referred to as Ash-Shifa, the cure. Or as a ruqiyah the ruqiyah which is something that we recite seeking shifa. Ruqiyah is something that we read seeking cure from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are the names of the Fatiha. It's referred to as the shifa because it contains great cure in it. It contains great miracles through which Allah cures people through the Fatiha. Cures them from any disease, any illness, whether it is spiritual or physical. The Fatiha as well as the Quran itself, the entire Quran is a Shifa. But especially the opening chapter. It's a cure for us spiritually as I said, as well as physically. In a hadith... The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in fact the Sahaba narrate this hadith and mention that they went out on a journey and they came across a town and they were not welcomed in this town because the people knew that these are Muslims and this was a non-Muslim town. And after they were told to leave, the leader, the chief of this town he was stung by a scorpion. A scorpion. And he was in some pain and he was suffering. And then the people came to those Sahaba who were leaving, who were thrown out of the town and said, Is there nobody from amongst you who can perhaps treat this? So one of the companions went back and he said, Yes, I can assist. And the hadith mentions that he recited the Fatiha over this man over the chief and the man stood up as if he was never stung in the first place and upon this the sahaba were given gifts of cattle and so forth this reached the prophet وسلم, and he said to this companion how did you know that it's a ruqya how did you know that that surah 
is the surah that contains all of these cures and shifa. Subhanallah. So as Muslims, part of our belief in this book is that we believe in the miracles of the Qur'an and the miracles of shifa that it contains. The miracles of shifa that it contains. And as we said, for any sickness, even for a scorpion's sting, which is something poisonous, extremely harmful, physically harmful, but even for this we can use the book of Allah to treat ourselves with. Over and above that, the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has been sent down for us to reflect over. Kitabun anzalnahu ilayka mubarakun liyaddabbaru ayatih wa liyatadhakkara ulul albab. So Allah Azza wa Jal, he says, Surah Al-Sad, it's a book that we sent down to you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that is mubarak. It's blessed from start to finish. That every part of this kitab is mubarakun. It's full of barakah and blessings and goodness. But for what purpose did we send it? لِيَدَّبَّرُوا ayati, So that the people can ponder and reflect over its ayat. So that they can study its book. They can study its verses. Its chapters. And try to understand its ayat. And try to know what their creator is saying to them. وَلِيَتَذَكَّرَ أُولُو الْأَلْبَابِ and it will then be a reminder for the people of intelligence. But if we don't make this effort of pondering, reflecting, understanding the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it's not going to serve as a reminder for us. Then we are going to become of the heedless, the people of ghafla, the people of negligence, who just go about their daily routine, hearing the Qur'an being played in the homes, on TV, on uh, the computers and your phones, hearing it being recited in the prayers, but it has no effect on us. It doesn't have a, a reminding effect for us. And this is because we never made the effort to understand the book of Allah, to sit and try to ponder over its ayat, Wallahu musta'an. So this is an obligation upon us. Ayyuhal Muslimun, this is an obligation upon us. That it is felt upon us to make an effort to try to understand the words of Allah Azza wa Jal. This is the word of our Creator. He made us from nothing, created us, brought us into this dunya, and blessed us with every single blessing that we have around us. Every single favor that we are experiencing comes from Allah Azza wa Jal. And we know this, as believers we acknowledge this. And we also acknowledge that we are going to die and that we are going to return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is something we all know and believe. Yet we haven't understood the realities. And we haven't put this into perspective. That this is the book of Allah. This is the message from Allah azza wa jal. This is our guidance. This is our cure. This is our blessings. This is our savior. This is our everything. If you are not going to make that effort to understand this book, to take lessons from this book, then where are we heading? 
Where are you going? As Allah Azza wa Jalla says in the Quran, oh, where, where are you going? What path is this? Subhanallah. So this is an obligation upon us that we need to strive to seek knowledge to the best of our abilities. As best and as much as we can, we have to make time to seek knowledge of the deen of Allah. We have to make time to seek knowledge of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To know what our creator says. Because he made us and we're going back to him. We have to return to him. If there's one certainty that we have is that we're going to return to Allah. There's no other certainty in this dunya. There's no other certainty in this world. Think about this dunya. Everything comes and goes. One day it's in your favor and the next day it's not. One day you're experiencing happiness and bliss and the next day you're being tested and you're going through a hardship. That's the nature of this world. That's the nature that Allah has created this dunya. But the one certainty we do have is Ar-Ruju'i ila Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have to return back to Allah azza wa jal. And this is why Allah has legislated in the Quran. What has He legislated? He's mentioned in Surah Baqarah, we're going to test you. We're going to test you with various things in various ways. Loss of life, loss of wealth, loss of crops. Various ways we're going to test you. This is part of the dunya. We can't escape it. Because we are not living in paradise. We're living in the dunya. It's the world of test and ibtila. But Allah says, وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ Give glad tidings to the people of patience and perseverance. الَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَتُمْ مُصِيبَةٌ Who, when they are faced with a calamity, when they face these losses and these tests, قَالُوا إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ They say, إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ Which means, indeed we belong to Allah and we are going back to Allah. We have to return to Allah. The people understand the reality. This is the only certainty that we have. Every other certainty out there is not certainty. It's fleeting. The dunya is fleeting. It's, it's like you're chasing something that you will never achieve. Your happiness that you've attached to this world is something you're never going to achieve. It's something you will always be chasing until you reach the certainty, which is death and your path back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So our role, ayyuhal muslimun, is we've been put on this dunya to worship Allah. So Allah says, I did not create the jinn or mankind except to worship me. That's our role in this world. That's our job. And part of that is to know the words of Allah. Is to be attached to the book of Allah. To make an effort to study the book of Allah. We make all of our effort for the world. All of our effort for dunyawi studies. All of our effort for sport. All of our effort for family time. All of our effort for going out. All of our effort for everything else. And we are not saying that everything out there is haram. No. You can have your share of the dunya as Allah said. 
But where is our share of the Akhirah? Where is our share of the Book of Allah? Where is our share of studying the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? So this is the reality. We need to keep ourselves in check and make an effort and time to seek knowledge of the Book of Allah. To recite it is good, but to reflect over it is also required. To understand its verses is also an obligation. Because if we don't understand, we will not take lessons. We will stay heedless and we will not be reminded. As we began, we mentioned that the most powerful and the greatest part of this kitab is the opening chapter, is Surah Al-Fatiha. And this can be proven in many ahadith. However, if we can briefly touch on the surah to give us a bit of insight into this chapter. Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, بَعْدَ أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ He begins by mentioning الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ which means that all praise and thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the Lord of all that exists. Alhamdulillah. This is how we begin the Fatiha. And one of its names is Alhamd. One of its names is the surah that's called the praiseworthy. Alhamd. Because it starts with praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because in reality, nobody is worthy of praise. True, perfect praise, but Allah Azza wa Jal. We praise Him firstly for who He is. We praise Allah Azza wa Jal because of His perfection, because of His greatness. He's worthy of Alhamd. When we say Alhamdulillah, we are acknowledging that Allah Azza wa Jal is worthy of being praised because of who He is. This is one of the reasons we praise Allah. If you take any skilled person, any person that has lofty attributes, is worthy of some sort of praise, we can give him his credit, give him his due. There's no problem with this. And we all do this. We praise people for various attributes that they have, various characteristics that they have. What about Allah? How perfect is Allah? How perfect are His names and His attributes? To Him belong the most beautiful of names. But how much of it do we know again? And this always brings us back to knowledge. It's to know Allah Azza wa Jal by His names and His attributes. And then we will acknowledge that this Allah Azza wa Jal is, there is nothing like unto Him. He is incomparable. And he is perfect in every way. And he is worthy of all praise. So, and this is why we say Alhamdulillah. Then we also praise Allah for his favors. We also praise Allah out of gratitude. For we see all of his favors that he's bestowed upon us. He's guided us. He's blessed us in so many ways. That we cannot even enumerate these favors. This is another reason why we say Alhamdulillah. All praise is due to Allah for His favors and His bounties. He is Rabbil Alameen, 
the Lord of all that exists. He is the Lord of every single thing. Al-Alamin is every single thing besides Allah. He is the Rabb of every single thing. In this world, out of this world, in the heavens, what's between the heavens and this earth, Allah is the Lord of every single thing. Which means He is the creator of those things. He is the nurturer, the sustainer, the provider. And the one who controls everything. This is the Rabb. He is the Rabb of every single thing. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Powerful, beautiful names of Allah. And the scholars have differed over the interpretations of these two names. From the interpretations, is what is the difference between Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim? Ar-Rahman is the most merciful. He is the one who is described with mercy, with complete and perfect mercy. He is the one who is all merciful. And his mercy is perfect. To such an extent the hadith mentions that Allah divided his mercy into 100 parts. 100 parts. One branch he sent to this this dunya. One branch he sent to this world. What does this mean? What does this mean? Allah has sent one branch to this world of his mercy. The other 99 he skipped for the akhirah. That do we understand this, this hadith? The extent of this mercy means every single aspect of mercy you see in this dunya. Every single aspect of mercy you see in this world is a resultant of that one branch of mercy. You see mercy between mother and child. It's probably from the greatest of mercies that we see amongst creation. The mercy a mother shows to her child. That mercy we can't compare to anything. A father to his child. Siblings to each other. Family members. Best of friends. The believers, their mercy to each other. The way we show mercy to animals and insects. The mercy the Prophet ﷺ came with. All of this stems from the one branch of Allah's mercy. Can we understand what about 99? This is kept for the Akhirah. This is kept for the Akhirah. This is Ar-Rahman. How do we understand how merciful he is? We can't comprehend. In reality, our little minds cannot comprehend the perfection of Allah Azza wa Jal. As for Ar-Rahim, then Ar-Rahim is the bestower of mercy. He is the one who bestows his mercy on others. وَكَانَ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَحِيمًا Allah says that especially to the believers, to the believers he was especially merciful. That he showed them a special mercy. Ar-Rahim. He shows them a special mercy. How so? He guided them. He directed them to the haqq, to Islam. It's a special type of mercy that we should show special gratitude for. Special appreciation for. Maliki Yawmiddin, he is the owner of the day of recompense. Maliki Yawmiddin. The day of recompense means 
the day each person will be repaid in full. Any good you've done, you'll be repaid in full. And every sin that you may have done, you'll be recompensed in full. On that day, there's no owner and there's no king but Allah Azza wa Jal. In fact, the hadith says, when everything has been destroyed, everything has been killed, everything mot has touched, even Malakul Maut will die. Allah Azza wa Jal will call out and he will say, Aina Mulukul Ard, Aina Al Mutakabirun, Aina Al Mutajabirun. He will say, where are the kings of the earth? Where are the proud and the haughty individuals now? Where are the arrogant ones now? Today there's only one true king. Today there's only one owner, one malik, one king left. Where are the rest of you? All of that haughtiness, that arrogance, that pride you had in the dunya, where is it? How much of benefit is it today? Nothing will remain except Allah Azza wa Jal. And then the recompense will start. And the people of khair will be given khair and times ten and more. And the people of evil will be rewarded for their evil. Or recompensed for their evil. This is Allah Azza wa Jal. Because my time is coming to an end, we will stop here. But there's one point to make on these three ayat we mentioned. The last verse, it instills fear of Allah. That last verse, if you ponder it, and you recite Maliki Yawmiddin, and you picture that day, and you picture Allah, the owner and the master of that day, it brings about khawf. It brings about fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whereas the previous verse, Brought about love for Allah. He spoke about the mercy of Allah. That perfect mercy. The one who bestows that mercy. That branches of his mercy. This brings about love in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As well as hope. As well as hope. And the previous ayah as well. Or we could say even the first verse brings that love. Praising the perfect Lord of everything. Our creator, our provider, our nourisher. And the second verse brings about a special type of hope. In the perfect mercies of Allah. That how weak we are, Allah inshallah will have mercy upon us. And how we've fallen short, Allah will have mercy upon us. We don't, oh, we don't deserve Jannah. But through that 99 branches inshallah we're going to get Jannah. It brings about a special type of hope. These three ayat, we've given a shortest of tafsir on these ayat. But we learn a powerful lesson. If you know these three verses and what it means, it will create a balanced believer. A believer who, number one, is driven by the love of Allah. He's driven by the love of his creator, the Lord of everything. The one who's perfect and deserved of all praise. And then he's driven... By his hope in the mercies of Allah. So he doesn't ever lose hope. He's not a person who's given up. And he feels, Allah will never forgive me. I'm doomed. 
Because a believer never says this. He knows how perfect Allah's mercy is, so he always strives. He always tries again. He always has hope. But that third verse balances him out. Where he also has fear of Allah Azza wa Jal. He also has khawf that Allah is going to, I'm going to stand in front of Allah. And Allah can punish me. Because that's the day of recompense. I need to fear Allah as well. And this is the balanced believer. Without imbalances. Because if it's just hope, then what do we find? Allah is Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. It's okay. It's okay, you can make salah another day. Or you can, you know, do what you need to do another time. You don't have to do it today. It's okay, you can skip this fault. You can, it's okay, you're doing this haram. Allah is Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. This is an imbalance. This is an imbalance. There's no fear. There's too much hope. And at the same time, he's not a person who's given up hope. There's only fear. You are going to Jahannam. I am going to Jahannam. We are doomed. You may as well give up. Allah will never forgive you for this. This is not the way of Islam. And this is not the way of the believer. Just these three ayat, to understand these three ayat alone, will create a balanced believer. One who is driven by the love of Allah, he's balanced on the sides with mercy, sorry, longing for the mercy of Allah, in his hope for Allah, and at the same time, fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's punishments, and standing in front of Allah azza wa jal, and so forth. We stop here, bi ta'ala, wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك اشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته